1: So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.
2: If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You can bet using an app, but maybe you want to do it the old-fashioned way. You're flying in to maybe go to a sports book, and you walk up for that first time to the window You've screwed up the strength. You've overcome your nervousness. Uh, sir, uh, I'd like to place a bet on a game. Uh, can you help me out?
4: Uh, well, hello, sir. Uh, what would you like to bet, and uh, what are you looking at today?
3: Uh, well, what, what do I have to choose from? Is there, like, I mean, is there, like, a
4: menu? Uh, there's a huge money. You can look up right above you. We have our massive LED, uh, scoreboards with all the games. Oh. We have betting sheets and, uh, sir, there's, there's a big line behind you. So, uh, what do you want to bet? Well, what's, what do the pluses and minuses mean? Oh man. Plus is an underdog. Uh, minus is well, a underdog, favorite. What's, um, what's a, what's an underdog? Uh, an underdog is the team that is expected to lose the game. Oh uh, no, the... I don't want
3: to bet on a team that's going to lose. See, no, you got to you got
4: to explain this to me. Excuse me, people, don't be yelling
3: at me. I'm I'm, I'm I was ahead of you. You should have thought about that first.
4: Um, can you can you tell me how much I should bet? Um, I, you can only bet what you are comfortable with betting, my friend.
3: Oh, see, you're of no help, sir. I'm just going to have to storm off in a huff. Don't be that man. We'll tell you how not right now.
0: Welcome to the Everything Guide to Sports Betting Podcast. Learn how to be a smarter better from the experts at VSEN, the sports betting network. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Flatter and Josh Applebaum.
3: Josh, you just don't get that kind of acting normally on a podcast,
4: do you? I know. That was a a Golden Globe, an Oscar, an Academy Award. But, uh, hey, that is what you will see oftentimes. (laughs) And, unfortunately, we've all been in that situation and we never want to be, quote, unquote, that guy. And today's show is really going to help you, too. Uh, when you're placing a bet in person, when you're online, when you're in an app, our goal is to help you not be that guy and make it easier for you and all your fellow bettors who you are uh, holding up behind you uh, in the back of
3: the line. Isn't <laughs> that is the truth? Look, we don't want to intimidate you either. We don't want to scare you off and go, uh-oh, maybe there's more to this than meets the eye. But look, you know, I was, I was just the quintessential dumb guy there a few moments ago probably not too much uh, further from where i am right now but as you go forward and if you really want to do the in-person experience josh let's start out and why would you want to do the in-person experience
4: versus the digital experience well yeah i think you know first off ron we got to just let our uh, our listeners uh, know at vson that you know obviously in order to place a bet you have to bet through a sports book you know back in the day there were illegal bookies. You'd go to your neighborhood guy. We don't really uh, recommend that or condone that. Yeah, but I know nothing beauty... about that, ha, ha Exactly, yeah, we have no idea. We've only seen it in movies, Ron. Yeah, right, um, sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, today we're seeing uh, sports betting legalization really spread after PASPA was overturned, the federal ban on sports betting by the Supreme Court in 2018. So you have more and more people betting for the first time, and they really need to know kind of just the basics, the etiquette of betting at a sports book. So mm-hmm. um, a sports book is just that... Um, you know, that business that will take in bets, give out money, uh, providing lines for, for the public, uh, everyone to bet on. But there are two basic options. There is your, you know, your old school brick and mortar, your South Point, your MGM, your Borgata, your old school walk up to the counter place of bet physical sports book. But then really, you know, what's happening today, obviously, is, you know, as we see technology uh, really get advanced and more uh, more sports books are opening up. Obviously, online betting, uh, especially mobile betting through your app, is really, really exploding just because it's very convenient. You can do everything from your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, we're going to give you some tips uh, for betting online and, and, um, and in person as well. But really, in person is kind of the thing where, you know, to me, Ron, I love going to the sports book. And uh, lucky for you, you're in Vegas. I'm in Massachusetts. I love going down to the Borgata in New Jersey or uh, you know, going to Twin River in, um, in Rhode Island, or oh, yeah. the DraftKings Sportsbook in New Hampshire. Um, but the importance here is that you gotta know what to say, you gotta be prepared, yeah. you don't wanna be that guy, and if you know what you're doing, it makes it a lot easier and a lot more efficient.
3: And I might add, too, you pointed it out perfectly. You might not live in a state where there is legal sports gambling. Or maybe by the time you hear this, every state might have it. I don't know what the shelf life is going to be for this particular episode. But as such, you might have to visit someplace to do sports betting. And when you first visit, you don't have the app on your phone. You might add it while there. But let's just say you're casually coming in. You're only betting for the day. Say the Super Bowl. You're just coming in for that or maybe the NCAA tournament, maybe just a weekend in the middle of a season and you just want to go ahead and get some action. And that might be as much a reason why you're saying, okay, I'm going to bet in person and not necessarily get the app. You still might want to think about it because you can still look at it. If you go back home, you're far away, you might not be able to use it to bet, but it'll give you an idea of how the market's going and it'll get you that much more attached to the comings and goings of sports gambling. So now that we've established why you're betting in person, let's talk about how you bet in person. And let's talk about first when you get to the sports book, you have to decide whether you're sticking around, or if you're just there for a moment. I imagine, though, Josh, if you're sticking around, you better have a good strategy.
4: Yeah, I think that's important. I think you don't just want to, you know, obviously maybe you're there for a bachelor party or a wedding or a vacation with your buddies or a significant other, whatever the occasion may be. Uh, depending on what your schedule is that day, you want to have a, a game plan, a plan of attack, and kind of what I would like to do or just kind of recommend to people is kind of get ready beforehand. You know, do a few things here we're going to talk about to make your visit a lot easier. You know, one would be obviously, you know, bring your smartphone. If you have a tablet, you can bring that as well. You can research stuff along the way. Um, If you've created your power ratings or any kind of supplementary info to go online or whatever, you know, that's always a good idea. My tablet is really my go-to when Mm. I go to a sports book. And by the way, just, you know, going to a sports book You know, placing bets, it's just really fun. The energy, the excitement, you're around, you know, huge TVs with all these different games going on. If you like sports and you like betting, this is your paradise. This is the best place to be. Um, Again, it can be intimidating for new bettors because you have these bright lights. It's very loud. It's busy. It's energetic. But, again, can be overwhelming. So what I kind of like to tell people first is, you know, once you decide where you're going, whatever sportsbook you're going to, whether it's the South Point or the Borgata or whatever, First thing you do when you walk in there is find a seat. Now, this is really important, Rob, because, you know, you want to claim a seat, a spot. Basically, I consider that kind of your workstation for the day. It's a place where um, you can kind of get away from the madness, sit down, gather your thoughts. You know, if you brought a notebook or a tablet or whatever, you can devise a game plan. And then obviously, once you bet the games, you can then come back to that seat and watch the games. Because if you're going to post up there all day... It could get busy if it's an NFL Sunday or a big night of games. Oh, sure. You you may not find a seat, Ron. So finding the seat is half the battle.
3: And by the way, I'm going to anticipate a question Can you reserve a seat? In some places you can, some places you can't, some places you need to at least establish a minimum amount of money that you're betting. In other words, are you a good customer? That sort of a thing. It doesn't hurt to call ahead to find out if you can reserve a spot. And sometimes if you're just doing it on the spur of the moment, you don't want to do that. Understood. But if you're planning a trip, go ahead and ask the question.
4: Yeah, it can't hurt at all, Ron. Uh, What's the worst they say? No. I mean, you might as well try it. Also, you know, when I go to a couple different sports books and, maybe they have a bunch of TVs to see a small TV on a game that you don't care about. It doesn't hurt to go up to the window, which we'll talk about in a second, kind of that cashier, that front desk and ask them to change the channel and put on whatever game you want. Again, the worst thing that can, they can say is no. Uh, but kind of once you, uh, got your seat, you have a workstation, you've claimed a spot. The next thing I would recommend, Ron is going to find the bedding sheets. So the bedding sheets, they're usually located by the ticket window, which is, uh, where you see the people who work there, they look like a cashier. They're the ones you place your bet through, also known as just, quote, unquote, the window. But look around there, usually to the left or the right or up front. You'll see kind of uh, you know, a, a table with a bunch of, of pieces of paper, and those are what we call betting sheets. And you also see usually um, a little box of pencils. They look like a pencil when you're playing golf or mini golf. Right. Grab all the sheets that you're interested in. These betting sheets are important because – Uh, Printed on them will show you every single game being played that day, all the games you can have action on, the times, the game numbers. We'll get to that in a second once you actually place your bet. You want to know what game number you're betting on. And then also the odds, you know, and then usually, you know, these will be printed early in the day. What you can do is uh, quickly compare kind of what those early odds were when they printed the sheets to what the current odds are, which usually will be, you know, on that big LED scoreboard or a ticker kind of across the room like you see on the bottom of, you know, ESPN. But then you can quickly see just line movement, see how lines have moved overall. But really, what I like about the betting sheets, Ron, is you can write in the margins. Absolutely. You can circle games. You can put in notes, and that's really, really important because um, you know, kind of think of it as you know, um, you know, you're reading a book for an English class and you're writing in the margins. Something doesn't make sense, or writing in a notebook when you're uh, doing your math homework. That's really important. Write them up. You know, do whatever you want. Make notes. Make put you know, put info in the margins. And then you'll be able to walk around with that all day and be able to reference it, which will help you a lot. Okay, so you've gotten that far. It's almost like getting prepared for class.
3: Some prepare better than others. No different in sports gambling than it was back going to school. Now that we've gotten you that far, let's get into the language of making the bet and the actual process involved. It starts with what we call rotation numbers, and it ends with you walking away with a ticket in hand or maybe more than one. So let's start out with those ID numbers, those rotation numbers, the bet amount, the bet number, the bet type. If you go to the South Point, you'll hear Jimmy Vaccaro say that on the speaker right before a big NFL day. Be ready with the bet amount, bet number, and
4: bet type. Exactly. Those are the three big things you need to know when you walk up to the window. Be prepared. Have that bet sheet uh, in your hand with it circled. And even if you're worried about saying the right thing, it's, you know, the first time it can be um, you know a little overwhelming, but again write it down make it easier for easy for yourself But the big thing here on the bet amount the ID number of the game and the bet type That's what you're gonna need to tell the cashier uh, the ticket window the ticket writer when it's your turn uh, up at bat um, But what is an ID number? That's also known as a uh, you know a Vegas ID number a rotation number an NSS number These are all kind of the same sort of thing uh, again, the vernacular of betting, it, it all means the same, just like how over, under and total mean the same. But the ID number is a three-digit number to the left of, um, of every team, uh, and they're um, kind of in order with each game. So you might see the Red Sox play the Yankees, and to the left of the Red Sox it says 351, and to the left of the Yankees it says 352. All that is, that's your ID number, it's your three-digit number that um, allows bettors and sportsbooks to identify a game, And really, the importance of that is when you go up to the counter, you want to have that ID number correct, along with obviously your bet amount, your bet type, but good example, Ron, if I go up to the window and I say 50 bucks on the Tigers
3: and that's all I say,
4: (laughs) how, what what does that mean? The odds makers have no idea what you're Uh, talking about. Explain to me why that's tough.
3: Yeah, do that. Do that in September when LSU and Clemson and Detroit are all playing.
4: Exactly. And that's what can really, that's the sort of thing you want to avoid because number one, you just say 50 bucks on the Tigers. They don't know what Tigers you're talking about. They don't know what team you're talking about. They also don't know what bet type you want. Do you want the money line? Do you want the spread? Are you betting a futures uh, to win the American League or, you know, the, 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 the championship right. or whatever it may be? So really the goal is when you walk up there, instead of saying 50 bucks on the Tigers, let's say you wanted to bet on Clemson Tigers, minus seven. Maybe they're playing whoever, um, you know, uh, Mississippi State. What you would want to say is, again, the bet type, the ID number, um, and the amount that you're betting. So you would say $50 on 137 spread. Now, the $50 would be the amount you're betting. You can even just say $50 on 137 spread. Uh, 137, I just made that up. That would be whatever the... ID number next to Clemson would be right. and that changes um, by the way. It's not this that the team yep. does not carry it from week to week.
3: It changes every week, every game.
4: Exactly. Every day the sports books will uh recycle these numbers and, and use them as ID numbers for different games overall. Um but that's the importance of uh knowing what to say. And again, it's not just that you don't want to be, you know, taking forever and everyone behind you is giving you a dirty look and you feel like a jerk. It's also that you just want to limit confusion. You want to get your bet correct, and you want to make sure that, you know, if the Clemson Tigers end up, you know, covering and winning by 20 points and you cash your bet, you're all happy you cashed. No, you said the wrong thing, and, you know, you thought Clemson Tigers, but actually your ticket says Memphis. You know, that's the sort of thing you want to limit, and you just want to make sure that, you know, when you tell, yeah. uh, you, you say the right thing to make sure that. Um, Again, you did all this work to try to place, you know, you know, make a smart bet. You don't want to throw it away by saying the wrong thing. Um, Right. And
3: and by the way, as you point out, and as I know, you're going to go ahead and get into some detail on. Imagine you're at a blackjack table and you're putting the chip into the little circle. The moment you let go of the chip, that chip is now action. It is a live bet. Similarly, there's a rule involving how you walk away from the window with your ticket.
4: Yeah, so Ron, it, very, very important here, but let me let me uh, go back a second here, Ron. Let's what did say I screw I'm, up? What did I screw no, up now? <laughs> you didn't screw up anything, this is a little pop quiz. Ron, Uh-oh, if okay. I wanna go place a bet, I can give them cash, a credit card, a, a, a uh, traveler's check, a renter's check, right? They'll accept anything, I can give them coins, right?
3: Well, uh, that depends. <laughs> that all depends. Actually, no, it, uh, I think you're looking at cash you're looking at cash, whole cash, nothing but cash. That's why they have cashiers at these places.
4: Exactly. Spend cash. Also, um, you know, you do hear uh, someone who bets on credit, you know, that's more of a uh, an exception to the rule. That's usually someone who and you have to go through a lot of loops and a lot of, uh, you know, different jump through hoops to basically be given credit. And I wouldn't expect to you know be a credit better. You have to be very well known, pass a lot of background checks, your money has to be knowing that it's good for the and house. A lot thing. of it. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of it, Ron. Yeah, exactly. You need to be a very, very high roller. So don't expect to bet on credit. Uh, don't expect to use a card, old school cash. That's what you want to use when you're when you're walking up to the window. Um, but yeah, Ron, so once you tell the teller, okay, 50 on 137 spread, which what does that mean? It's I'm betting the Clemson Tigers minus seven, whatever that ID number is. What they will then do, you're going to give them your cash, Um, Also, by the way, you know, say hello and have a smile on your face. That never hurts either when you walk up because these guys are doing a job, guys and girls, just like you and I. So being pleasant uh, never hurts. But also when they when you give them the cash, they're going to give you a receipt. So that's what's known as your ticket or your bet split, uh, a bet slip. The first thing you want to do, Ron, do not just turn around and walk away. Stay right there for a Mm -hmm. second. Look at the ticket uh, and run. Why is it so important to look at the ticket before you walk away?
3: in case it's written wrong or you said it wrong you just want to make sure what you see is really
4: what you wanted to
3: get it's like letting go of the chip at the blackjack table
4: exactly because if you see something wrong like maybe you said money line and they did spread or whatever it's a different game different team uh once you leave the ticket window you've lost all power you can't come back five ten minutes later after you've realized it and say "Ooh, i see a mistake can you correct it Nope, all sales are final. But when you're still at that counter, when you're still up front and it's your turn at the the cashier, you still have some power. So look it over, make sure it's correct. If you see something wrong, give it right back to them immediately. But remember, once you walk away, all bets are off. You have to live with that ticket, however it's written, whether it's correct or not. And by the way, I'll give you one
3: other little piece of advice that isn't commonly given you have your phone take a picture of the ticket if there's something on both sides that's going to be unique to that ticket go ahead and do that especially if you're leaving town and you might not come back for a while might be a few months before you come back and are able to cash your ticket if you win by the way check the rules to see how long you can hold it before it becomes void sometimes you know these tickets are not printed on the most expensive of paper with the greatest of ink they fade and so that's a good reason to take a picture of it or if you lose the ticket, you still have evidence of it that at most books will carry the day.
4: I think that's a great tip, Ron. Yeah, take it. Take a picture. Take a screenshot. That's just going to give you more power. If anything bad happens, if you lose it. Uh, but the other thing we got to tell people is hold on to that ticket. <laughs> don't lose Once, it. <laughs> it. It's uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's the golden ticket. You know what? You don't because you don't know whether you're going to win or lose. Obviously, you know, it'll help you win. But um, you need to hold on to that ticket. Put it in a safe spot. Put it in your wallet. Don't worry. it. it uh, keep, exactly. to keep it in good shape. <laughs> keep it in good shape. Don't don't you know? Uh, put it under your beer, and then uh, the beer sweats, and everything <laughs> yeah. the ink starts to run. Don't put it um, out in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hold on to that ticket because the importance is once the game is over, um, you're going to need to bring back that ticket to the cashier, uh, to the ticket writer. Uh, maybe it might be the same person who wrote the ticket in the first place, but. Uh, Once the game's over, hopefully you won. What do you do? You walk back to the counter, you hand them uh, your ticket, and what they will do is they're going to scan it. So they're going to make sure um, that everything's good, everything's correct, and then once uh, you've won, they'll take the ticket, and they will hand you the money. Uh, And then you'll be able to walk away with whatever money you won. Um, But also make sure, you know, Ron, if you won, especially if you won a big bet, tip the ticket writer. Absolutely. Give them five bucks. Give them ten bucks. If you want a dime, you want a thousand, you know, give them, give them fifty. That, to me, that's something someone told me a long time ago. It's like tipping your delivery driver when you're getting pizza. Not only is it a good thing to do, but Ron, I'm a big believer in karma. Uh, I always feel like if I do something good, it'll maybe save me from a bad beat uh, down the road. So, yeah. uh, Always tip
3: your ticket writer. And I might add, you get a reputation around the casino if you're a good tipper. That they'll watch out for you. If you said something wrong, if they may have written it wrong, double check when you leave the window. They're going to take care of you a little bit more. By the way, uh, here's a pop quiz for you. What do you do with a losing ticket?
4: Losing ticket, uh, you can throw it away. Uh, you can rip it up. I don't know, Ron. What a do minute. you do?
3: Well, it depends on how much you wager in a given year. And if you do enough business, let's say you win a lot of money, well, of course, that's taxable. But if you do enough business and can convince your accountant that that is really what you're doing, and it doesn't take necessarily a whole lot, if you end up doing enough business, those losing tickets can be losses on your income.
4: Ooh, now that's a tip from uh, Ron LLC, financial advisors there. I love
3: (laughs) it. Please check with your accountant, though. Don't take my word for it. For your individual circumstance, it may differ and certainly will differ from state to state. But certainly in the state of Nevada, gambling losses are deductible from your income, though, as much as gambling wins are taxable. So bear that in mind. Okay, so there you go. Uh, Oh, one other thing. Yep. Uh, if you leave town and you don't have time to see the outcome of your bet, what if you're far, far away and you want to cash a winning ticket?
4: Yeah, so this is a great point. You know, if you, let's say whatever happens, you got to go. It's a wedding. you got to leave town. you got to go to the Sunday, <laughs> uh, the Sunday brunch. And you, you, can't you have get to a leave town that. because you were in the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hopefully nothing bad happened. Uh, hopefully uh, they live a long, long, happy life together and no one made a scene. But, um, yeah, so if you... Got to leave town, something happens, and you're not able to walk back to the South Point to cash your ticket. Don't just assume, oh, I'm screwed. You know, I, I'm leaving. I can't walk up to the window. I can't cash it. So I might as well throw the ticket away. Absolutely not. What you can do, Ron, flip, o- uh, flip over the ticket, and they will have an address that you can write. Uh, basically, you know, once you get home, wherever you fly home to, you could then grab an envelope, put your ticket in the envelope address it to whatever the address is on the back of your ticket, and then you'll mail it back to the sports book. The sports uh, sports book will then mail you your winnings. So um, even if you leave town, that doesn't mean you can't cash a ticket. Uh, Always hang on to it. I always flip it over and make sure you, uh, you put in the right address. I still have this
3: vision that the marriage turned into a shotgun wedding and I'm racing to the border of Arizona. All right, why don't we uh, kind of calm down and hope everything is, uh, you know, copacetic for all. Let's get back and talk about the differences from one sports book to the next and maybe from one state to the next as we continue talking about in-person betting on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting Sin podcast.
1: to start listening
3: the everything guide to sports betting and everything taking into account with josh applebaum and me ron flatter in person betting so there are different sports books they have different rules but they also cater to a couple of terms you've heard us use before perhaps or if this is your first visit to us and you're just learning some of the terminology the sharps versus the squares the pros versus the public and also about the juice so when you're shopping for a sports book josh what are you looking for
4: yeah this is really important ron number one you got to remember that not all sports books are created equally you know there are dozens hundreds you know uh, of different sports books all across the country global books um, you know uh, local books wherever you're going to go and remember that they're going to have different lines. Uh, They're going to have different numbers. They're going to have different juice prices. They're not all the same. So um, as a result, you want to look at a couple things. Number one, you have kind of three basic or kind of two basic different types of books. One is your, your sharper books. So those are your sports books that they cater to professional betters. They have high limits, which means they allow you to bet bigger amounts of money. Usually they will set their lines early kind of market setting books. Um, They'll be, you know, some of the first books to the market. Uh, Square books are basically books that cater to uh, recreational bettors, average Joe's, casual bettors. They'll have um, usually low limits uh, where they'll cap you at a certain amount where you can bet. Um, Also, they'll shade their lines. This is really important with a lot of square books. You know, they know that their clientele will be mostly average Joe's. And who do average Joe's lean on? A lot of favorites, a lot of overs, a lot of home teams. So you'll oftentimes see those big popular teams uh, where maybe the juice is a little more expensive on them. Maybe the whole market is, you know, Alabama minus seven and they're at minus seven and a half because most of their betters are betting on those favorites, those home teams and those overs. But really also you want to look for reduced juice. And those are your books that are offering uh, as little juice as possible. Anything, you know, minus 110 is standard juice, but minus 108, minus 107, minus 105. And why is that important? because you know shopping for the best line having access to multiple books having multiple outs it allows you to get the best number and when we're talking about different sports books ron why don't you why do you not want to bet through just one sport sports book why is it important that you have access to multiple books and why can or how can that make you more profitable better over the long haul
3: if i'm betting in particular on a favorite josh and i see that the point spread at one book is six and a half and i would be laying six and a half But in another sports book that tends to like to help underdogs, that spread is seven and a half. Well, if I'm betting the favorite, I'm going to the one where I'm only laying six and a half. You talked about the juice. That's effectively the tax on your bet. As you said, at most places, it's minus 110. Imagine plus 100 is even money. Every dollar you bet, you're getting back with a win. The tax is reflected in what you will get back. Minus 110 basically means that the house keeps 10 cents on every dollar. That you bet. Minus one oh five, only keeping five cents minus one oh seven, only keeping seven cents. So that's the comparison. It's like it's no different than going to buy a gallon of gas and you're looking for the cheapest price on the signs that are posted.
4: Yeah, I think that's critically important. And again, a lot of new bettors, they'll maybe just bet through one sports book because that's the one they're comfortable with. And that's the one they use. And it's maybe scary to open up another book that you don't know about, but it's where they're sitting. um, Exactly. And and again, this is the importance of, again, we, we never all start as wise guys, as sharps. We want to slowly get sharp, 0.01% sharper every day. And there are these little things along the way you can do to really increase your chances of winning. So right off the bat, have access to multiple books. Don't just bet through one book. You know, I use a live odds page where I'm looking at the entire market side by side. And why is that important? Because then I can place my bet at the book that gives me the best number. So again, sports betting is hard enough. Um but you can do things to increase your chances of winning, uh make it a lot easier on you. And knowing that there are different books, different prices and you want to go bet your uh your your Red Sox money line at whichever book is the <laughs> lowest price, that can really help you long term. It may not seem like it on just one indiv- individual bet if you expound that you compound that over the course of a long season it really adds up it'll maximize your wins it'll limit your losses yeah for new listeners by the way you'd
3: never guess josh is in new england uh so (laughs) speaking of regional biases uh as we look around the landscape and as we're talking about in-person betting all of what we're telling you might encourage you to look at adding apps and going ahead and maybe even staying in one sports book but betting at more than one it's especially true in nevada that Betters, professionals, even casual bettors will sit in one sports book but use their apps at multiple sports books to go ahead and bet. So you could be sitting at one and actually never make an in person bet while sitting there, or maybe you do it there while betting on your apps at other locations. It's done all the time. The days when you couldn't bring a phone or make a phone call from a sports book are long gone. So with that in mind, now we go from sports books in a particular location like Las Vegas. To the regional biases and this is where you come into play where not only are you looking at point spreads based on geographic friendliness but also the juice the tax on each bet varying from state to state
4: yeah this is really important ron with with sports betting legalization sweeping the country you're seeing more and more sports books open up at different uh at different states and A lot of these sports books, you know, they're going to take advantage and it's not their fault. It's just, you know, smart business. You can't really hate on them for it. But they're going to take advantage of the fact that if they are located in, uh, you know, let's just say Colorado, they know that the majority of their betters are going to be Denver Broncos fans. Sure. So what so what are they going to do if the whole market is Broncos minus seven at minus one ten? They're going to have Broncos minus seven at minus one fifteen minus one twenty. Why? Because. They know their their clientele. They know where they're located. They know that in that area um, everyone is going to be most likely betting for that home team, their, their favorite home team. So I'll give you a good example. Again, the Patriots, you know, I went to Twin River in Rhode Island and uh, it was an NFL Sunday. I forget which game it was, but I, I saw the Patriots. You know, they were juiced up minus seven at like minus 125. Even getting to seven and a half where the rest of the market is seven so again you know these are the sort of things you want to look at and in a way it actually makes it so that you know if you can be somewhat of a contrarian better and really capitalize on public bias oftentimes betting against local teams yes. at regional places can really benefit you because again Ron yeah you know if I I, uh, I hate the Jets but the Jets get the seven and a half and the whole market is Patriots seven but because I'm in New Hampshire or Rhode Island I get an extra half point boom you know you can take advantage of these little things so um, Mm -hmm. just be aware of where you are compare those numbers to the overall market um, and use it to your advantage
3: absolutely bet with your head and not with your heart by the way that's the other thing and use that to your advantage you want to be that guy who's the one guy in a room full of orange in Colorado that's going to bet against the Broncos because you see a favorable number you might see a more favorable number on the opponent there than you're going to find anywhere else so New bettors, what would you do to encourage people to look at a particular place or maybe uh, sidle up to someone they know who already is a
4: bettor? Yeah, so Ron, this is big too. I mean, um, obviously, you know, hopefully we've given you some tips uh, so you feel you're uh, more comfortable placing a bet in person because again, we can't recommend enough. It's just so much fun to spend a day at a sportsbook bet games. Hopefully you win. Hopefully you get some good wings or a uh, couple good beers or whatever, but um, also, the, uh, the fact that mobile betting, online betting is really exploding and you're seeing, you know, DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, all these different sports books are opening up in different states and a lot of them are allowing mobile betting. We've seen in New Jersey where uh, mobile betting is exploding. I, I, I feel like uh, I've read something like 85%, 90% of action in New Jersey is placed via mobile. So, again, once you're, there are some stipulations, you got to be located within the, the boundaries of a state within the borders of a state but then you can bet at whatever sports book uh, is available online but again diversify have multiple accounts but the thing I would recommend a new betters Ron is you know um, wherever you're gonna open up an account at in, a, in a legal state um, look for bonuses look for sign up bonuses look for uh, refer a friend bonuses if you, if you refer a friend I'm a big fan of just because a lot of times it'll benefit your friend and you where you get um, a little bonus if you sign up. So these are just some little things. You know, you can always go to the website and see what they're offering. Follow a book on Twitter. They may tweet out something where, um, you know, they're going to uh, boost odds, which means they're going to give you a better yes. price if you bet one thing. Or there's all these little things. Just if you're going to bet anyway, take advantage of some of these, uh, these little perks because uh, it can help you get a little leg up when you get started. And because we're talking
3: about multiple states and not a common federal law, Some would want a common federal law, but there are advantages to having different states have different rules that gamblers can seize on. But you have to be aware of what you can and can't do. I'll give a for instance, universally, although a couple of states have tried to do this, you can't bet on U.S. elections. At least the time we were recording this in an election year, you couldn't do it. You can do it maybe overseas. But there are certain things you can't bet on in some states. You mentioned the odds boosts, which are legal in New Jersey, but not as we're recording this in Nevada for various reasons. So what about the rules and how have you explored those, Josh?
4: Yeah, I think that's important, Ron, because uh, a lot of times you'll see it. You can really see the difference during the Super Bowl because um, that that's when, like, if you're into props, prop betting, uh, props are propositional bets. They're fun bets. They're kind of any bet. Uh, centered around an event or a game that isn't tied to the final score so um, a lot of times some props will not be allowed in Nevada because of the gaming commission they won't allow it so um, one for example would be you know I knew that uh, during the Super Bowl how long the length of the national anthem I had a little bit of an edge on the under and I was able to cash it with a couple buddies but you know a lot of these you know some of these weren't allowed in Nevada because you can't bet on these things Uh, the color of the Gatorade that's going to get dumped on the coach these really kind of Weird props overall. So, um, what I like about you know a lot of mobile betting or you know online betting is that a lot of the props where if you're into props, especially if you're betting uh, like player props or daily, um, you know like NFL draft props or over/unders for strikeouts for a pitcher, you have a lot of options here if you're into the prop market when you're online when you're using mobile. So, again, knowing that sportsbooks uh, are different, they're not all the same. Some have Uh, offer a lot of different prices and odds and and props some have uh, have a fewer uh, smaller menu but just knowing that you know the more you have access to the more you can diversify the more opportunities you have uh, to maximize your edge and hopefully uh, hopefully turn a profit
3: yeah some of those online locations we cannot legally encourage you to do that nudge nudge (coughs) wink (coughs) wink (coughs) Uh, not in the u.s borders but you probably get my drift (laughs) <laughs> All right, so there you go. I've gone from the dumb guy at the window to trying to tell people how they can do underground betting. But uh, I think we've at least covered a lot of ground for in-person betting. So as much as it can be discouraged in an age when, look, bricks-and-mortar shopping for things is going the wayside at the expense of doing it online, there are still opportunities to have a lot of
4: fun going right into a sports book. You're exactly right, Ron. Yeah, hopefully we taught you uh, a few things to in, enjoy your time a little bit more. You, you got your etiquette down. You you know what you're going to say when you walk up to the counter. You know that you're going to tip your ticket writer. You, you found your seat. Uh, even if you left town early, you'll send in the ticket and make sure you get your winnings. Um, and now maybe you know the difference of uh, different sports books having uh, sharper lines, squarer lines, reduced juice, shopping for the best number, regional biases, uh, betting online. Make sure you get that sign up bonus or refer a friend so hopefully today we educated you a little bit made it a little bit easier uh, because it's hard enough to pick a winner once you got you know you want to get these things out of the way to make it easy on you so you can really just focus on making the smart bet
3: yeah etiquette is everything like the salad fork is the little one and the knife and the spoon are to the right you (laughs) put your pinky out when drinking from the teacup you do all those things when you go up to the window just don't go up with a salad fork or a teacup So there you go. Josh, I think we've done it again. We've uh, taught folks how to do this in person here on the Everything Guide to Sports Betting. Thanks for listening, courtesy of VSIN.